The reading this morning is from Luke, and it's chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Judah. Uh, so as we travel through uh, this gospel, look over the summer months, um, we've looked at a couple of things. That we started off in it whenever Jesus sent out the 72, um, seeing that we carry the presence of Jesus with us um, into our community. Uh, we looked at how we can help out um, loving God for who he is and, um, and what he has done, but loving ourselves uh, as our neighbour, how we can do that with other people. And last week we considered about welcoming in. Um, whenever you have more than you need, you build a longer table and not a higher fence. That moment of hospitality in that home of Mary uh, and Martha, the need to do uh, both uh, the, the hospitality, the, the serving, but also the need to sit uh, at Jesus' feet. And we meet again in the Gospel of Luke in another very, very familiar passage, actually. Um, probably one that even if you don't necessarily come to church all the time or haven't grown up in the church, you will know a part of it uh, because it's the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's, it's something that we recite even at civic events and uh, in schools and assemblies and all kinds of places. And so it's an exceptionally well-known uh, place. But I want to, in one sense, focus, yes, on that part, uh, but also to link into verse 9 today, which is, if ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened uh, unto you, which is another uh, fairly familiar part as well. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are with us, that your presence here is powerful, um, and that you are a God who is present and not a God who is aloof. May your word, not my word, speak deep into our hearts today. Challenge us, comfort us, convict us, lead us on in our journey with you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So first name, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened to you. 
It's a fairly well-known verse, isn't it? Um, it's often quoted in many contexts. Um, and, and sometimes it's almost misquoted in contexts as well. Whenever heaven is, seems to be silent uh, and there are no responses uh, from it, um, but it says in the Bible, if I ask, if I seek, if I knock, then God gives. So why is there no response? Whenever we're seeking directions or uh, a, a particular direction in our lives, we, we fall upon this passage and we, people tell us, Jesus simply says, ask, seek, knock. Be persistent in that and you will find the answer. It's often misquoted in that way in that sense because it almost gives a false sense of security that whatever we ask, is exactly what we are going to get. And we're going to explore um, some of that a little bit uh, later on. Uh, and sometimes, never that, God doesn't give us what we demand. We reel against that. I, I can only speak personally on that uh, and not on your behalf. And I don't know whether that's something that's happened to you or not. But sometimes, whenever we, uh, I pray for something, whenever I pray earnestly for something uh, in a particular situation uh, or a particular direction around something, uh, and I'm almost guilty sometimes of in my prayers telling God how he should answer what it is that I'm praying for. And then whenever the answer comes in a different way, going, but that's not what I want. And you're reeling against that and saying, but God, you, you, you didn't answer the way I expected you to answer. God, you haven't answered me at all. And I know that has affected my relationship with God through the years as well. Because then all of a sudden, sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, well, God isn't the God that I thought he was going to be. But actually, sometimes then I have to come to realize that God is not the God that I'm demanding him to be. God is God. He is who he says he is. The same yesterday, today, and forever. So why do I expect him to change because of my demands? But you see, often, um, all the way through the Gospels, often important parts are sandwiched between two other parts. Uh, often we find that familiar stories uh, placed in two different places in the, in the Gospels, there's a really important little text in between it that sometimes can be almost completely missed. And today we have the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of this passage. And at the end of it we have the ask, seek, knock, and you'll be given the things that you ask, seek, and knock for. But what comes in between? Because sometimes we've missed that. And maybe as that's been read to us today, we've missed what those verses actually said well here uh, what they are then jesus said to them suppose one of you is a friend and he goes to him at midnight and he says friend lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and i have nothing to set before him then the one inside answers don't bother me the doors are already locked my children are with me in bed and i can't get up and give you anything i tell you though he will not give i tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend Yet because of a man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. The little passage in between is teaching us about hospitality. And that's coming on the back of the last couple of weeks, which is teaching us about hospitality uh, as well. Those moments where someone comes and says, I need something. And this man's asleep. His house has been quiet and down. His kids are in bed asleep. That golden moment where you can breathe in silence. The doors are all locked. The nighttime routine is all done. And the neighbor starts rapping on the door. Really loudly. 
You can almost imagine the exasperation as the man leans out his window and says, what do you want? What are you after? I just need some bread because this wee man's come on a journey. He's landed at my house. I've nothing to feed him. And the wee man obviously says, well, if you call the Jeroboge, you can pick up some jam and put it on the bread. But no, he doesn't, obviously. But what's the story? The story is that he wasn't prepared to get up and go out just because of his friend, just because someone came and asked. He came because of the man's boldness and persistence in saying, but hold on a minute. You have something that I could really do with in this moment. And I would love you to share that with me. It's like building a bigger table and not a higher fence. Because actually, in this moment, we realize that what we pray affects how we act. And how we act affects how we pray. How we pray affects how we act. And how we react affects how we pray. So what it is that we pray about the things that we unburden our hearts before God with, the things that we linger in his presence with in that still, small, quiet place will affect how we act and interact with people around us in our everyday moments. And how we interact with the people around us in our everyday moments will affect the things that we pray for in those still, quiet moments. And so the two go hand in hand. Have to be careful the next statement I'm going to say. As a parent, he's looking at me. As a parent, I wouldn't give something to any of my children that I think would harm them or that I think wouldn't be good for them. As a parent, I do what I believe is right for them. I do what I believe will allow them to flourish and to grow and to blossom And that's exactly what Jesus begins to say here in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, are going to give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion? So if you then, if you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? Just because my children ask me for something doesn't mean that they are going to get it. Say that again so she hears it. Just because my children ask me for something doesn't mean that they're going to get it. Because as parents, we make decisions around whether that's something that we can afford. As parents, we make decisions around whether we think that would be beneficial for our children. As parents, we make decisions around whether we think that's age appropriate for a child. As parents, we make all of those kind of decisions around lots of things so that what it is that we do in raising our children are for their benefit so that they can grow strong and grow into the person that they are destined to be in the fullness of time. That's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Just because we ask for something doesn't necessarily we're going to get it. But just because they ask for something simple doesn't mean they say we're going to give it just despite it either. No. And so sometimes the decisions and the conversations and the prayers that we have with God affect our actions and our actions affect our prayers. And sometimes those prayers will not be the answers that we have demanded that they be.
So how are we to pray? What are we to pray for? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And in one sense, that simple prayer encompasses all aspects of our lives, ensuring that we can cover it all and we can lay it before God and say, God, here you are. We pray through our emotions. That's a human thing. Often our emotions will lead what it is that we come to pray for. But we pray in the knowledge that God is sovereign, that he is in control. We pray for ourselves and for others. We leave things in God's hands all the time, don't we? We pray for something and then we simply say, that's that sorry, God. I know I'm guilty of kind of picking it back up again and continually praying for it again or continually asking about it again or, or saying, God, I prayed about that a while ago and there still seems to be no answer about it. What's happening in that place or with that person or with that situation? And humanly, we do that. But yet, the simplicity of what Jesus teaches us through the pages of the Gospels is that we leave it at God's feet. He is sovereign. He is in control. And we can rest in that presence that what he knows best for us, that the decision that he will make around our requests will be the best decision for us. And I don't know about you, but certainly uh, as I have prayed for things over the years and the answer hasn't been what I have demanded that it was, and in my frustration, uh, has, as I said before, it kind of shapes and changes some of my relationship with God and I have to pull myself back in in those moments. But then with hindsight, in a month, six months or a year down the line, looking back, I can see that actually what I demanded would have been a terrible outcome to what it was that I'd been praying for. And actually, the answer that I received was much better. That does not stop any of the frustration that we have around how we pray. Because leaving it simply at God's feet is easier said than done. But in the same course, just because I feel heaven is silent doesn't mean that it is. Sometimes as we pray, as we seek, as we don't hear the words we're expecting, then we believe there is nothing else coming. Because we've closed ourselves almost like a horse with blinkers just to see what it is that we're expecting or demanding and not allowing the blinkers to come off to see the peripheral vision of what God is doing all around us. Just because we feel that the Lord didn't answer our prayers doesn't mean that he hasn't answered our prayers. That's why we ask. That's why we knock. That's why we seek. We don't do nothing. Even in the waiting, we are active. And that is really important. We are active in our waiting. We are actively looking to see what God is doing in that situation. We're actively looking to see what God is doing within us as individuals and as a community of believers. We are actively praying and seeking that God would do his work. We persist. Isn't that what the man did with the bread? He persisted. We persist, we wait, and we pray with boldness. We dare to ask the impossible 
of a God who is capable of doing the impossible. Because sometimes we limit our prayers to what humanly we think is possible. Rather than with boldness coming before a God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek, or even dare to imagine. And saying, God, here's the situation. Let me leave this with you and see what you can do. Father God, as we leave before you those things that we carry, those burdens that maybe we've carried for far too long, those burdens that we have carried and we've tried to leave at your feet before, but we've picked them back up again, Lord. Maybe we've prayed before today is the day that we do that. But in this moment, by your Spirit, may today be the day that we do leave things with you in your sovereignty, but that we wait eagerly and boldly wait, seeking Asking, knocking. And as we wait, that we would look around and see what it is that you're doing. Take the blinkers from our eyes and allow us to see you at work in our lives and in our community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.